Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. So do you fix and flip houses or invest in real estate or just want to get started doing so? Well, Alpha Funding has you covered with fast, flexible, and reliable service and rates starting as low as 8.99%. Fast closings, no tax documentation or bank statements required, no prepayment penalties, seasoning or minimum draw requirements. Alpha Funding, the softer side of hard money. To get yourself pre-approved today, go to alphafunding.com or call 732-657-2014. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Peely is out there making it happen with real estate and the kiddos today, but you are in good hands. Jason is here, and he's got an absolutely great guest for you, Aaron Fragnito. Welcome, Aaron. How are you? Hey, Jason. Doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm proud to be here on, the, on your podcast. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and here's a little bit more about Aaron. Aaron is the co-founder of People's Capital Group host of New Jersey Real Estate Network, a licensed NJ realtor and a full-time real estate investor. Aaron's completed over 250 real estate transactions, totaling more than 35 million in real estate in his career. People's Capital Group works with qualified investors to create passive returns through local commercial real estate. And the owners of PCG, People's Capital Group, are experienced in locating discounted apartment buildings for sale in Northern New Jersey and implementing a value-add strategy to create max returns for their silent investors. Um, so for Aaron, this is great to have you. And we actually met speaking on a panel and it was just was awesome to have you come on the show. You know, talk to us, how did you first get started in real estate? And what was that, what was the, the deciding factor? You said, okay, this is where I'm going. Well, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was graduating college. I went to Rowan University. I graduated as an entrepreneur major, which is a really fun major, but it left it quite open-ended. Like, hey, here's how you start a business. Now go do it. You know, so I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad changed my life. Uh, at the time, I had moved out to Colorado to be a ski instructor and live with my friends for six months and kind of figure out what I wanted to do the rest of my life. And um, and it made a list. I said, okay, first I got to learn the industry, make, make some money, make connections. Uh, my goal is to own income properties and, and be a millionaire through real estate. And, and I made my, my strategy plan over a 10 year period. And I was about 22 then I'm about 32 now. And, um, it was first get licensed, right? Cause I didn't know anything about the business and I had $0. So by getting licensed, I made some money and commissions. I learned the business. I learned how a transaction works, what investors do right, what investors do wrong, more importantly. And I met my business partner that I still work with today. And, uh, you know, we worked very well. I was, he was putting in a bunch of offers and no other realtors would take his offers. Seth Martinez, my business partner. And I was like, no, nah, I don't mind submitting lowball offers. That's like the art of getting a good deal. You know, other realtors are embarrassed to submit lowball offers. I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'm a realtor. I'm working for the buyer. That's in his best interest. So um, we connected there. We bought a six family together, bought it, renovated it, refinanced our money back out and did that time and time again and uh, built our business to where we are today. Wow. So I got a couple questions that I want to jump into. Don't spend too much time. I want to jump in more into the apartment stuff, but do you think people are starting out and need to get their real estate license? I think it's the easiest dollar I've made in real estate is being a listing agent. So if you want to make money and get your feet wet and get a license, get, get a, a, um, a title behind you, right? Cause sure. if you start like, Oh, I'm a wholesaler. Like what is that exactly? But Oh, I'm a licensed realtor with Remax, you know, people in whatever Keller, you know, you have a big name behind you or it doesn't matter. You're just with a broker, you're a licensed realtor. And you know, that gives you a, a, all of a sudden a title when you don't have one. 
Um, and, and I started making some money doing it. If you do it right and you hustle hard, it's, it's a seven day a week job, but I made six figures as an agent, you know, it just wasn't my passion. I'd say. Yeah. As an investor, it seems so many of them, they, oh, I can't find an agent. Well, a lot of them are doing it wrong. What would be some good ways that you can work well with an agent, especially if you're not going to be putting in, of course, a retail price? Sure. Well, probably want to work with an agent who's an investor himself or herself, or at least really understands, um, you know, in real estate investing. Um, you really can't be working with a retail agent um, who doesn't understand the, the process um, of being an investor. Um, so I find it's best to work with realtors that also own income property and, and own real estate themselves. Because when you are an owner of real estate, you look at real estate through a different lens. You look at it at what the costs are, all right? Not so much like what the, you know, you recognize the gross operating income. But when I look at a, a flip now, I recognize the risks and the red flags. I don't see, uh, I don't have dollar signs in my eyes, right? Like, uh, you know, so I think an a investor realtor has to, uh, really, unfortunately, put his commission second, right, and focus on the benefits of his client and understand what a good deal is, what a bad deal is, and not be afraid to submit a low offer. You know? Why do more real estate agents not invest themselves? It seems like they have all the information right in front of them. What, what are some of the things that keep them on the sideline? That's a great question, Jason. I really don't know. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I um, find a lot of realtors that let's just say I'm not too impressed with, you know, and I just feel like they could do a lot more. Um, a lot of people uh, get a realtor's license on the side or they really are not uh, entrepreneurial minded and really more of a employee minded, which is fine. A lot of people like doing kind of the same thing every day and if it works, it works and they keep doing it. But um, this most successful agents and brokers are very entrepreneurial minded and roll with the, the opportunities in the different market um, conditions. Um, but I think when you're a realtor, you're not taught to be an investor. You know, you're taught to work for someone else, drive them around, hang your license under a broker. Um, and to be a successful real estate investor, you have, really have to be a leader and a business owner. Well, that's great information. So, but let's talk more about you and your business. Now you, you started with the six family with your partner. Now, how has your business grown and what are you currently working on today? So we uh, started uh, with the original business plan was to get 100 units in 1,000 units in three years, okay? 1,000 units in three years. We got to 100 units in three years by the buy, renovate, refinance, repeat. You know, they call it BRRR on bigger pockets. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we got very quickly to 100 units, uh, developed our own management company, hired one with the, uh, fired one that was stealing from us and developed our own and then realized about 40% of our holdings weren't making cash flow. So we recently sold about... 40% of those. And um, that's our, you know, all through that, we flipped about 40 houses, fix and flip. Okay. Um, and that's a difficult part of the business. So in the last two years, we consciously decided to stop fixing and flipping houses. Um, we probably, I think we've one going on right now where we just refinance actually out of, we just hold on to everything right now. Um, it's just a hard part of the business. Construction is a very precarious, unpredictable part of the business, as you know, and uh, we want to kind of remove that from our model. So that's what we've been doing recently. And we just do syndications now. We raise capital by apartment buildings on, the, on a bigger scale, class C and class B farm buildings, and we wholesale. So we'll sign contracts. And instead of actually putting up the money and doing all the work to fix it up, we'll put it under contract, sign it to an investor. Maybe we'll make fit five, 10, 20 in the middle, a little less than a fix and flip perhaps, but it's a faster nickel, you know, 
So this is great. I honestly, we have so much to cover here, but if you look back now and you did all these flips and, and you know, it, do you think if you had the same knowledge you had today, would you go back and do that again? Was, was the life lessons so valuable in what you've done? Uh, you know, it's hard to say, you know, I learned so much from it. It got me here to where I'm, if I could go back, I would have never fixed and flipped a house. I would have done two things. I, I just simply assigned the contracts, have an awesome wholesaling company that brings in opportunities mm -hmm. and then cherry pick the best wholesale opportunities that meet the type of portfolio you're looking to build and buy those properties by raising capital using other people's money. That's really the best business model in my opinion. Uh, I'm not a great construction guy. I don't know a lot about it. My partner more handles that in the business, but even he, he's more of a property manager, uh, more on the commercial you know, side of the business. We're not construction guys. You know, if I had a business partner that was a general contractor and that was our specialty, I'd say, yeah, let's fix and flip all day long. But uh, it's a, if you're not a construction guy, fix and flipping really isn't for you. You've got to recognize that. So you had, excuse me, and you had such a success building up this portfolio, right? And you get to a hundred units, the lessons about the 40% of the units that weren't cash flowing, what was the components there that, that led you to understand that? And what, what are you doing for the other assets that are allowing them to cash flow going forward? Well, we bought a lot of class D real estate, D as in dog. Uh, so we, we definitely, you know, uh, the lower, lowest rung of, of real estate on the four, a letter scale essentially is, is D so that, you know, we learn there. Um, there's nothing wrong with that part of real estate, but it's a hard property to manage. Um, you know, the type of tenancy can be very frustrating and, and uh, really the amount of time and resources you end up putting into the property and fixing up the unit from the high turnover. You might have a tenant there for a year, six months, one month, you know, so it's very high turnover with um, lower quality real estate. So we've realized that that uh, class, all of our class D holdings we sold, uh, anything class C, we're kind of trying to move up to class B or just hold as a nice class C and uh, going forward or buying C, C plus and making it into a B basically. That's awesome. And looking at your property management company, what are some of the main keys to doing this successfully? Well, the management company is everything. You know, our model is very local specific. We only buy within an hour of our office here just so we can maintain control of the asset, manage it completely. Um, you know, everyone has different models and maybe one day we'll grow out to different markets. But for now, we've had a rough experience going far from home here and trusting other management companies. And we just really developed a, an excellent system here. Um, plus we can find the deals because I have the local wholesaling company. I can find the deals. So most of the reason people don't invest locally in North Jersey is because they say, how the heck do you find a discount apartment building in North Jersey? And it's really tough, but if we can manage to do that, then for the time being, that's uh, where we want to keep you know, moving capital into. Yeah. What's some of the tricks with mailing or marketing to, to multifamily properties? Traditionally, most people are doing a single family approach. How are you having that success with the multifamily? Well, we do a lot of direct mail to out-of-state owners, worn out landlords, older demographics. Uh, we find a lot of mom and pop owners that just can't walk up the steps anymore and manage the real estate. Um, it might be in good shape physically. They may have maintained it well, but um, management wise, uh, where the rents are, there's a lot of work, you know, improvement to be done. Just the amenities overall, um, just the collection of rents tends to be pretty far off uh, as you, you know, know with your business as well. So we find those mom and pop owners, we do less than 5 million. Our sweet spots around 2 million in fact. So because of that, we're not really 
playing against the hedge funds or these huge institutions that are buying 10, 20, $100 million assets. That's a really different arena. Um, we're right around 500,000 to 2.5 million. And, and you're talking then to a mom and pop, a, an owner who, you know, you're one-on-one -on -one with them. We often can connect right with the owner because of our direct mailing. So we're not going through a broker that saves us not only a commission, but it allows us to negotiate better terms generally. Um, but direct mail is our best source. Yeah. Awesome. And you, you've been syndicating these deals going forward. We, we hear it constantly at the meetup, you know, so I, I want to get into syndication, but I don't know how to, raise money or I don't know how to, how to talk to people. Um, we, we met at a meetup and, uh, you know, we were speaking on a panel as we said there and, and you were t talking about how you also have been speaking on a lot of, a lot of meetups and the, some of the key, um, things that you've been learning about how to find investors who are looking for these type of investments. You mind sharing that thought? Sure. Well, yeah, like we were saying earlier, um, I speak at a lot of RIAs. Um, I probably speak um, once or twice a week in front of a, a group of 50 to 150 people at a RIA, Real Estate Investment Association. I have my own RIA, about 3,000 members. The problem is if you're really looking for passive investors like we are, um, who aren't looking to you know, flip the houses or make crazy returns on their money, double their money, you know, um, then you really aren't going to find them so much at RIAs. People at RIAs are looking to actively uh, operate real estate generally, learn how to improve their own business, whether it's fix and flips or syndications. And then on top of that, um, they tend to be looking to raise capital, right? So they don't have the capital. Um, so there are diamonds in the river. I have found people at RIAs. I've found seven-figure investors at RIAs. But the best way to raise capital is to get in front of people who don't uh, share your skill set, right? Who can't replicate what you do necessarily. A doctor, an accountant, an attorney, uh, just a businessman who, or woman who's busy, you know, 50 hours a week making high W-2 earnings and they get a quarter million dollar a year salary. They get mailed on taxes. They can invest in one of my properties and get tax depreciation, passive cash flow checks in the mail. They don't have to do anything. So um, you've got to find people that are not in the real estate industry and are high earners um, and, and get nailed on taxes because or at least what we structure is a way they can avoid those taxes. But people who aren't doing what you're doing value what you do more. Therefore, they'll see the value in the investment and be more likely to do it. So what are funding solutions offers creative financing tailored to your individual needs? Whether you're fixing, flipping distressed properties or building ground up construction, Alpha offers flexible financing to get the job done. With no minimum draw requirements, no prepay penalties, and no seasoning requirements, borrowers can create a construction loan that best suits their individual needs. Everything at Alpha is done in-house from the sales force to underwriting, construction management, and draw payouts. The team at Alpha works as a unit to best serve their happy family of over 1,000 borrowers. Experience the alpha difference today. Visit www.alphafunding.com or call 732-657-2014. Again, that's alphafunding.com and the number is 732-657-2014. There's nothing to lose and everything to gain. Alpha Funding Solutions, the softer side of hard money. And be more likely to do it. So what are some of the main conversation, I'm not going to call them hacks, but, but uh, points that you like to have on an initial conversation with an investor? Um, you know, first talk and you're just trying to understand them. What, what, what are some points you're going to focus on? 
in my experience, the most success that I've had is with just talking about the relationship, what we do, um, actually my mistakes I've made, people love to hear about, my failures are very fun stories um, in the fix and flip business, you know, even buying 100 units and 40 of them not cash flowing is, is a fun story, you know, but there's equity in there, there's growth. So, um, you know, the, you want to build yourself first, what you do, why, why you do what you do why you're good at it, how you know what you're doing, you've made your mistakes, you know, and then how you're going to grow your business and why you need their help. Um, I, you know, I really try not to talk about ROI, um, you know, even investment levels and things like that. That conversation tends to come later. Um, people do have those questions up front. I will answer them as I can according to the SEC. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, people don't normally invest so much for an ROI or in that they invest more in you. They have to like you, they want you. My main investors that have been investing in me for years, I send them fancy spreadsheets and in-depth off offering memorandums. I don't even think they open them half the time. They just say, Aaron, is it a good investment? Am I gonna make what I've been making? Okay, where do I sign? You know, and <laughs> I say, I put so much work into this offering memorandum. Please read it. <laughs> yep. I know the same thing. Sometimes I'm like, did you guys even open this up? Any questions? Come back, come have a question. You know, I, I'm ready. I, I want a question. Well, on the opposite side, where are some of the things that investors who are raising capital, where do they go wrong? What are some of the things that, that they should avoid going forward when they're, when they're raising capital? Well, I do this too. You know, you talk about the property or you talk about the return first, you know, something like that. And like I said, you really got to build yourself first, you know, what your company first, um, your integrity. Um, so, you know, it's hard to do because people tend to want to know addresses, numbers, you know, uh, strategy and you can, you know, but I, talk more about the reposition strategy. Talk more about, you know, how you found deals like that and the success you've had in the past. Um, you want to talk about past really, you know, your track record. Um, but don't make the mistake of just going up in front of a group of people and saying, hey, you know, here's um, one, two, three Main Street and here's the return. Da, da, da. You really got to preface it. That might be your ending thing. You know, here's the, here, okay. And after that explanation of all we do, by the way, here's, here's our newest project. If you want to learn more, contact. You know? So if there's a new investor who's maybe, or maybe they've, they've had success in other things, how, how do they get over that lack of a track record? What, what are some keys? Well, that is very hard. You know, I, I um, it, it's, you really need to team up with someone that probably knows what they're doing. Um, I, you know, I got to say, as someone who also invests my capital, I would not invest in a new real estate investor. It's just too risky. And, and uh, so you really have to team up with someone who knows what they're doing, has the track record. We've done stuff like that where individuals will introduce us to people that have the capital to invest, but just say, listen, this, you're, you're brand new. You don't know what you're doing. I, I just don't trust, you know, that this property's going to work. But here's, here's these guys, you know, they can introduce us to uh, the investor and say, but here's this company that does know what they're doing and they have a good track record. And you can team up with them in that sense. And we've done it where we'll give them equity in the building for introducing us to an investor. And then the individual who introduces that investor now has a track record. They own part of a successful real estate uh, reposition, real estate syndication. Um, they can talk about the building. We might be doing all the work and repositioning it and paying out the returns to the investors, but the individual who brought the investor in owns a piece of that building and can use that building to brag about now. And not only do they get returns from that building, 
but um, you know, it's going to help build their, their experience. So. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, honestly, having a team member come on board that may be able to fill that void, whether, you know, it's in the, the opportunity for underwriting, if you don't fully have the clarity with underwriting or you don't have the track record. So putting the right team around you, I mean, you couldn't be more spot on in your business right now. What, what are what's something, I guess, what's something you're working on to improve currently in your business? Well, uh, we're definitely improving our fundraising branding. Um, it, it's a constant challenge to uh, keep up with social media branding and things like that. Um, in the last three months, I've hired some very good social media branding companies, um, data companies that tell me um, what's the best way to get people to my website, to what's the best way to attract the people I want to be attracting, right? So I think in the past, our marketing attracted maybe the wrong type of or just we run a wholesale business, so we tend to attract very active investors. Now we're trying to also attract passive investors um, more than ever as we build our syndication business. And um, you know, so as we do that, we've we've hired new data companies, new uh, social media branding companies. Uh, we've stopped doing uh, other forms of marketing that wasn't working, like um, pay per click and um, you know, SEO, we hired some SEO committees, terrible, got rid of them, you know, just really improving our partnerships, I think with, um, other companies that do our branding and marketing. What are some of the key points to track in terms of your branding or your marketing? Well, you know, I, I, you have to figure out why people are coming to your site, where they're coming from, you know, if that's the case, uh, or your direct mailing, you know, what pieces are working, what lists are working. Um, you have to keep track of all these things. You know, we have billboards. We try to track who calls in on the billboard versus who calls in on a letter. Uh, one thing we figured out was that the billboards don't work. Uh, they weren't great sources of income. We spent about $40,000 on billboards we got one deal where we made about 60 on it we got a really good deal out of it but then we bought like four more uh but they didn't pan out you know so you never know with marketing you sometimes just have to try stuff and sure. you know, throw them out on the walls to see what sticks um you know but um yeah so, so we've done i you know you you cover so much here we you know we've jumped around a bit but you've you've just done so much it's great to touch on all these topics before we let you go i want to uh, of course touch on you know you've grown your real estate network um you know, your your meetup to over three thousand people how has that been beneficial in your real estate business and how can another person go out there and create a successful real estate network sure well i mean my ria has been everything you know and that that's really been great here it is uh new jersey real estate network that's one of our uh banners there so yeah, we have about over 3,000 members in it. We do monthly meetups here in the office. We do IRA meetups here. We do webinars twice a month. Um, Meetup.com has been really good. I think I pay them maybe uh, $30 a quarter or something like that. And it's been a site that just kind of builds itself. So you can go on meetup.com and create the site there. There's a lot of real estate activity, a lot of real estate professionals on meetup.com. That's been good for me. And um, then I go out to other RIAs and I speak at other RIAs and I talk about my RIA even opportunities like this, you know, every chance I get to build my brand, I do. I'm going to a lot of rotary clubs these days, just kind of reaching out to new people and new areas um, locally as well. Um, but my RIA has been uh, a godsend. Uh, most of my capital I've raised and uh, has been through my uh, RIA. It's, it's important to be a thought leader. Um, it's important to be an educator. Um, these days, people need to be educated first uh, before they invest in anything. And uh, they have to like you as well. Um, but and to get there, uh, you need to be a thought leader. 
and to, you know, to put on seminars, know what you're talking about, have the experience or bring thought leaders into the room uh, properly. Um, so it's not that hard to start a RIA. You just have to do it consistently, have the events, bring value to the events, but understand that you're going to need to consistently market it out. And um, about uh, 70% of the people that show up um, won't show up again. It's just unfortunately part of the business where maybe they'll show up two or three times, but to keep the room filled, you have to bring in new people consistently. Yeah, I love this. And for everybody, listen, you see Aaron is just active. He's out there getting it done. So if you're going to find an excuse to do it, well, look what Aaron's doing. He's got so many different components working. And the key to it is that when he finds something that doesn't work or doesn't exactly work how he's looking for, he adjusts. He's not afraid to pivot and adjust. He goes from, you know, flipping to just wholesaling and flipping to just, you know, buy and hold. When the buy and hold, he finds the units. And then he, for that point, the units aren't working how he likes them for his portfolio. As he adjusts, he adjusts to his new portfolio. So be active, go out there. There's so many different ways you can get in this business. There's no one, you know, step process for everybody. And look at how he's doing it in New Jersey, a market where so many people we hear constantly, you can't do it. You, know, you can't do it here in New Jersey. Well, yes, you can. If you want to do it, you will do it. And looking at that, Aaron, what is your, what's your next five years look like in this business? So we do want to build our portfolio up to 65 million over the next five years. Um, Seth and I always talk about our five-year plan. We have an actual five-year plan written down, uh, which if you're a business owner, you, you should have that. Even if you're you yourself and Irene sitting, you know, there in your own uh, home office, you should have a five-year plan written down and 65 million next five years. Um, uh, we need to raise a certain amount of capital to get there. Uh, we're going to try to buy $5 million uh, one to $5 million apartment buildings within an hour of our office here in New Jersey. Um, perhaps we'll branch out to new markets um, in the next five years. But for now, we would like to build a 65 million portfolio within an hour of our office. Do you have some words you live by or a company motto? Well, I do have 10 rules uh, hanging on my wall back over here uh, that awesome. I, I write down, um, you know, and some of those rules are like, don't be afraid to say no, you know, no makes you more than yes. That's important in this business. Uh, whether it's a wholesale deal you're looking at, an investor that might be um, unethical, uh, which I've dealt with, you know, uh, sometimes saying no makes you more than saying yes. Um, and just other learn lessons on construction and <laughs> deal awesome. contractors. Yeah. Good. Guidelines are important. And if there's an investor who is looking to start out today, you know, you gave some just really great advice, but if there was one thing they should do right now to get themselves off the couch or, you know, out doing something, what should that action step be? Well, I, I, my first step was writing down the plan, uh, the 10 year plan. Okay. And I wanted to have a million dollars of net worth in 10 years. I was 22 and um, you know, actually I just about got there. So that, you know, the good news is, uh, you know, we weren't at that plan, but it's not always going to happen exactly as you, you thought, but I wrote down the plan. There was about 15 steps to it and, um, just tried my best to actually execute it uh, and not give up. I mean, there were so many times I wanted to give up as a realtor. I got started in 2010 and no one was buying a house. You would put a listing up on the market at a really good price, the best damn pictures, and no one will call you and no one would buy it, and, and it was so hard to make a buck. I made $500 in my first six months of real estate. I was broke. Um, so, you know, you got to stick with it. Um, I didn't do everything right. Definitely don't do everything I did, but, you know, it's such an easy market now to be a realtor, to sell a house, or to even wholesale 
Um, you know, people are investing now, houses are selling, unemployment's low, GDP is, you know, there's no excuse not to get out there and make money in this, in this good market. Um, you know, if you learn how to make money in a bad market, it gets easier in a good market. That's awesome. Well, you, you definitely represent just someone who just continues to go after it. You had your plan in place and didn't let that first couple months stop you. So good for you. And for everybody listening, you know, thanks so much for coming on the show today. What's the best way they can find out more about you, your, your uh, company? Where's the best place to reach you? Sure. So you can check out peoplescapitalgroup.com. Okay. Peoplescapitalgroup.com. Call our office at 908-464-0400 and, uh, or join our meetup group, New Jersey Real Estate Network on meetup.com. Uh, we have an event on the June 11th. Uh, I'm not sure if it's coming out. We have every second Tuesday of the month, Perfect. we have an event here at our office in Berkeley Heights. So you can learn more at peoplescapitalgroup.com about that. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. Thanks a lot, Jason. I had a great time. I'd come back anytime you want. Perfect. We'd love to have you back. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you hear today, which you definitely will with all this actual information, please go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and review. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or iHeartRate or wherever you are, make sure to go to YouTube. You can see the video there as well. Again, this is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation Podcast. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to Aaron Fragnito. Have a great day. Bye now. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.